the failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. We need a president who respects science, who understands that the damage from climate change is already here. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon Easter. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins. Once again, we fire up the news database and go searching for all of those stories around the green agenda, the stories that our politicians are meant to be looking after, but rather frighteningly tend to leave alone. Our man with the raised eyebrows on this and with a dogged determination is Dale Vince, the entrepreneur and environmentalist. Morning to you, Dale. Yeah, morning, Ian. How's things? It's good, yeah. And actually, I was quite looking forward to this first story because we have touched on it before and there was some mood music around this week. Um, And lots of concerns, certainly my listeners to the radio show were calling in saying, well, how do I replace my boiler? Do I have to do it? Will, Will I get a knock on the door from the boys or the men in black if I don't? No gas boilers to be sold past 2025 if we want to go net zero by 2050 is the headline here. Yeah, this is a report from the IEA. I think they've made 400 recommendations, or maybe it's 40. I might be exaggerating today. Um, But they've looked at the world of energy and what we need to do to get to net zero. They've looked at the growing gulf between the promises of politicians and the actual policies. Yeah, and one of them that got highlighted by the Beeb this week was uh, a ban on new gas boilers. And, you know, I think it's... um, I mean, arguably it's right, but arguably it's wrong because we've been saying for a long time, you know, we don't actually have to give up gas to heat our homes. And it's one of the most intractable problems are often described as decarbonizing the heat sector, which is, uh, you know, gloriously impenetrable language. But it's basically how do we stop using fossil gas? And yep. we don't actually have to stop using gas per se, because we can make renewable gas like we make renewable electricity. And we've been... Um, you know, pushing this for a while. When I when I re- recently met the environment secretary uh, at one of our wind farms, uh, I then sent him our gas report. I mean, there's enough marginal grassland in Britain to grow enough grass to make enough gas to power all thirty odd million homes or nearly thirty million British homes. And um, you know, it's a fabulous opportunity to create seventy thousand jobs in the rural economy and mm. uh, save the you know the burning of seven billion pounds worth of gas, which is increasingly mostly imported these days, and that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, fight the climate crisis and, and that kind of stuff. And it's going to be more economic that way than to replace gas boilers because banning the, the sale of new ones is one thing. But, you know, that's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it's the cool. installed fleet of boilers that's the really big problem. And we need an answer for that. And uh, the answer I don't think is heat pumps. I think it's part of the answer. But the answer is actually let's make green gas. Yeah. Uh, what, what about this hydrogen? Again, we, you know, this came up with cars the other day, you know, the hydrogen um, theory that yeah, we can change it to one thing and then these new changes will be, as somebody described it to me, the Betamax of, of boilers. And then in a few years' time, we'll change them to something else. Well, I mean, that could happen. But right now, since the 90s, all new gas appliances have been able to use about 20% hydrogen. And there's a wonderful opportunity here for us. People talk about putting hydrogen into the gas grid. And and I think doing it pure uh, has problems. You know, that's not the answer. But putting up to 20% into the gas grid definitely is an answer because it 
links really neatly into the fact that we've got to oversize the generation fleet for electricity to make sure we've always got some. And mm. there will be times, therefore, when we have much too much, we can turn that into hydrogen, we can store it, or use it in the gas grid, or both, sure. and and it becomes like a giant battery in effect. And you know, because gas boilers since the '90s have been able to do this, it means pretty much everybody's gas boiler can do it, which is a fantastic yeah. opportunity. So, as always, the answer is a kind of hybrid of lots of things: green gas, hydrogen, taking advantage of the need to oversize the generation fleet in power, and we get to a kind of neat uh, joined-up solution. Got it. Is there a kind of as far as you know, um, a kind of an apple of the boiler world out there that somebody can go, right, that's the one. That bit of kit will tick every single box. Do, do they? Is that on the market right now? I, I think we've got the boilers that we need, you know, actually. Good. Um, you know, and they've been here since the 90s. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> we just got to make use of them and, and you know, uh, build a generation fleet, create that hydrogen from excess renewable electricity and yeah. start putting it in the gas grid to displace fossil gas and start building gas mills to make gas from grass. We're building our first one uh, in the next 12 months at Reading. Uh, it'd be the first one in Britain to make gas using grass. And, uh, you know, it's it's a kind of, it's a solution that's here just waiting for us. It's it's so brutally simple and i think that's why it's being overlooked by politicians let's grow some grass and turn it into gas yeah there it is here's a question from david parker uh what do you think about an independent scotland as part of the uk's renewable energy strategy uh given they are going to be boris's saudi arabia of wind will that help the financial gap when north sea oil ends oh here we go again boris johnson didn't come up with the Saudi Arabia of wind. He just purloined it. It's been around for like a couple of decades. We've been using it. Uh, well, we used it last century, actually. You're saying he nicked time. <laughs> Absolutely. Plagiarized yeah. somebody and, else's idea. And, you know, what it's based on is the fact that uh, Britain has 40% of Europe's wind. So we're like the Saudi Arabia of wind. Yeah. And that's fine. I, you know, Scottish independence, I think it might happen. I don't think it's got anything to do with the UK's renewable energy strategy. And if anything, it might make it a little bit more tricky, sure. uh, but who knows? But, you know, I, I don't understand how people like Johnson can argue that Scotland should stay in the UK, having successfully argued that the UK should leave Europe for pretty much all the same reasons. I think it's the, the most incredible double standard. Yeah. Although you could say, well, you know, is Scotland doing the same thing? They don't want to listen to what goes on down in Westminster, but we'll listen to what happens over there in Brussels instead. Well, why can't they choose? You know, they may prefer the bureaucrats in Brussels. I certainly do to the ones in London. Oh, they're great down in London. If you're not seeing, there's Boris, there's Gove, there's <laughs> yeah, there's Mog. Yeah, they're, they're it's a the roll call of brilliance. It is. Uh, yeah, I mean that's fair. <laughs> actually, I think we're led by geniuses. Yeah, here's a great story. Well, I say a great. It's a terrible story, but it's just one of those. You know, under the you couldn't make this up. Uh, Brazil's environment minister is environment minister that is is being investigated for timber trafficking that's not a good look what i loved about that story is the fact that there is a term timber trafficking yeah you do yeah it jumps out at me too i think that's brilliant um but yeah look i mean it's been going on a long time politicians are corrupt you know timber is being trafficked the amazon is being destroyed you know uh, file it under the category of what's really new here yeah they call it uh, as well because the, the justice minister said that the federal police had all the evidence uh, that the minister and other environmental officials were involved in, quote, extremely serious scheme to facilitate the contraband hmm. of rainforest products. Hmm. And over here, we just have the 
the massive fraud of the handing out of billions of pounds of public money to the chums of the Tory party and the government uh, for PPE contracts. Yes, a lot went there, wasn't it? Which I think yeah. this week was ruled we don't have to find out where it all went. Oh, wow. So that just makes it a bad situation, just a whole lot worse. <laughs> I think some of it was used to refurbish the flat in number 11, wasn't it? The wallpaper. Yeah. The wallpaper. Um, Alex on Twitter, what's happened to the Sky Diamonds? Can I buy one anywhere? Not yet, Alex, um, but soon. I hope by the summer. So we're, we're close to being in production, still slightly hampered by lockdown. We needed some key parts from Italy and stuff like that. But we're, we're virtually there now. And uh, we had a big breakthrough this week, actually. We produced a stone of the color E. Anybody knows about diamonds um, will know that color grading of diamonds starts at D. Typically, lab-grown stones uh, are in the range of kind of F, G, H, and, and that actually represents 1% of all mined stones in terms of quality. So it's right at the top end, but we hit E for the first time this week, and uh, I have a feeling we might even get to D, which would be exceptional. And in terms of that that kind of market, is that going to take over the Sky Diamond? I mean, will there be a point where we go, actually, this is the only way we now get diamonds? Well, we hope so. When we launched it in November, we... We did it with uh, with a call to end diamond mining, you know, because huge holes are being dug in the ground. Uh, Eleven hundred tons of rock are dug for for a fifth of a gram of diamond, which is incredible. There are three tons of toxic metals displaced in the process. Half what? a ton of greenhouse gases. I mean, the environment impact is hideous. Don't even get to the social impact, you know, and and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's. It's like fossil fuels, actually, diamonds. We should leave them in the ground. And we don't need to dig any more for them because we can make them from excess carbon dioxide, which is you know, quite brilliant, I have to say, because we have too much of that stuff. And uh, we can use it to make something that we quite like to have, you know, diamonds, why not? But we need to end diamond mining in the same way that we need to end the burning of fossil fuels and the farming of animals. When was the last time you went on an aeroplane, Dale? You know, I can't remember, but I think it was to New York a few years ago to a, um, a climate event. And since then, you've kind of had a, your own sort of almost moratorium on this, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agonized over that, but I went uh, to take part in something. But yeah, not not since. Uh, last time I did some UN stuff, luckily it was in Europe, so it was easy-ish, a quarter train, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fan of flying. There's a, the reason I ask is because the EU, um, oh. the, the kind of top officials on climate change, have now backed the German Green Party's call for tax and pricing changes to make rail travel more popular than flying. Uh, I mean, obviously, this works to an extent or addresses the problem to an extent. I mean, if you're us in the UK, an island nation, and you want to go to Spain, you can't do that on a train. No, but you, but you can, can in part. Yeah, you can impart, or you can catch a ferry. You know, there's a 24-hour ferry yeah, yeah. from the south of England to Santander. I did it in my old fire engine decades ago. This is not rocket science, but it's quite brilliant to see it uh, coming up, uh, you know, in, um, let's call it mainstream politics. You know, the idea that we should make the right way of doing things cheaper and the wrong way of doing things more expensive is in uh, it's in my manifesto you know we have to use taxes and subsidies to create a better outcome and the idea that you can fly across europe for 30 quid 
is is quite frankly bonkers, you know, or, or that any plane journey should be cheaper than a train journey is crazy. You know, these are perverse economics and we need to correct that. And so I say fair play to the German Greens and, and it looks like they're getting traction with the idea. France yeah. recently banned two and a half hour flights, uh, internal flights, because they can be done by a train. Um, and, you know, again, another great step in the right direction. We've just got to end the madness of... Uh, but that that would ultimately involve one has to reasonably assume the 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 falling of many airline companies. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it has to, I guess, because it has to involve the reduction of flying, particularly yeah. uh, particularly these short internal domestic flights where uh, there's a very viable alternative. You know, but we have to make adjustments. I mean, it's the same if we stop animal farming. You know, farmers are going to need other jobs. That's fine because uh, they will exist. And when we stop the burning of fossil fuels, we create jobs instead in renewable energy. You know, we just got to transition. This is a new industrial revolution. We just got to replace the old jobs and the old yep. way of doing things with the new. Uh, here's one from Jamesy on Twitter. Have you started your new book yet, Dale? Wow. <laughs> no, I don't have a new book in the pipe. And not, not enough has happened since last June when I wrote the first one. Um, Maybe there's a novel there. You kind of, you, you sort of take up the next sort of Agatha Christie type vibe. The who done it, but based around sort of green issues. Yeah, I'm not getting it. <laughs> not feeling that. <laughs> I think I think the, there's endless amounts of material there when it comes to who done it and who screwed up the environment. I mean, there'd be never ending source. Yeah, that would be a that'd be a war and peace, wouldn't it? Yeah, who done it? Most politicians. That's who did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there was another uh, story, I'd, you, you haven't touched upon it yet, but also coming out of the IEA report was uh, a, the, the statement by them that we have to simply stop building new forms of uh, power generation from fossil fuels. Right now, yeah, this year, yeah. we should never build another one um, and stop uh, mining basically for fossil fuels. And uh, you know, on the subject of who done it, you you look at what our government are doing. You know, they've got the biggest rhetoric on climate targets, and yet they're just licensing more exploration of the North Sea for fossil fuels. And somebody in my inbox today tells me there's a gas-fired power station just being consented in Somerset at Axbridge has been consented, which is madness. And uh, we're going to see if we can, uh, you know, help them out with that, maybe some kind of legal challenge. But, you know, our government are saying all the right things, doing all the wrong things. And the IEA are calling this out and saying, look, it has to end. They're also saying we have to double the spending on energy globally, and it's going to create millions of jobs. It'll be a huge economic boost. So the idea that this green transition is going to be bad for us is nonsense now. You know, all the big players, the economists, the energy experts, everybody says that's not the case. It's the other way around. Who listens? I mean, what sort of teeth do the IEA have? Because I've often wondered this, and we touch on a lot of stories where they've advised or given their views on something or their advice on something. And as you rightly say, it's, I mean, if you visited this planet from another solar system and came down, you'd think we'd all gone bonkers because you're right. You have the government making all the right noises, the public statements, very encouraging. And then you have the IEA, uh, the International Energy Agency, making their pronouncements. And it all says, oh, this all makes sense. And then while this is happening, some arse clown around the corner is building a coal mine. And you hang on a sec. How, how is this happening? It's a complete contradiction of not only the advice, but of your own words. Yeah, I think the problem we have is politics, isn't it? It's you know, it's disassociated from reality and the, and the claims and words of politicians uh, are equally disassociated from their actions. You know, they say one thing, do another. And we yep. seem to have tolerated that for a long time. It's just become a thing and we don't worry <laughs> about it. You know, like Trump telling a lie, be like, yeah, <laughs> there's no news in that. And we have to change that. 
actually in the IAA, I mean, they're the grown-ups in the conversation and they're pointing out the, you know, the technical, the economic realities and they're positive for us. Uh, mm -hmm. But they're also pointing out the gap between the increasing number of countries with, with high carbon reduction targets and, and, you know, exactly on the right track. But the gap between that and what they're actually doing, which is stark at the moment. Um, here's a confusing one. Your club, Forest Green Rovers, uh, have got a new kit, and the headlines. There's a lot of headlines around this that it's made entirely of pixels. Yeah. What? What even is that, Dale? I love it. So, <laughs> digital fashion is a thing, a fairly recent thing. We talked about it on this podcast. I yeah. think recently uh, we were we did we were swooning over some Gucci sneakers, or I was, right, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, I can't actually buy them because they don't exist in the real world. Um, but they're just digital clothing, and that's becoming a thing where uh, people are buying clothes that aren't real. They're not made of material. They don't get shipped to you. you don't hang them in your actual wardrobe. You can't wear them. Uh, but you can dress yourself in digital clothes and use those images on social media, which is where people are increasingly living. So I think it's a great idea. And as a club, we've been pursuing low-impact material for our shirts for quite a while. Two years yeah. ago, we introduced bamboo, right. uh, which is a great material. This year, we've introduced coffee grounds, which is which goes one stage further because it's a recycled material. And it actually performs better as well athletically. So that's a good thing. Sure. And at the same time, we thought... Let's get to the logical end game. The lowest impact form of uh, clothing that uh, I can imagine anyway is a form of clothing that doesn't exist in the real world. Yep. It's made of pixels. And so we've launched it yesterday. Uh, it's a world first for a football club. And for two months, you'll be able to get the digital version before the real version enters wow. the world. So you can actually kind of tog yourself up in that kit digitally. Yeah. You send a picture in. And uh, either a top half if you want just a shirt or a full picture if you want the whole kit. And uh, our, uh, our digital outfitters will fit you with the kit and send it back to you. And um, where you go. The digitailer. I like it. Digi <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where he is in your building. Somewhere. Um, yeah. And a final one from Pete on Facebook who says, Jeremy Clarkson now says he recognizes climate change. Um, who else would you like to change their mind? That's a good question, yeah. actually. Um, and I'm going to say Trump because obviously he's an idiot and obviously he's a liar and, and all that kind of stuff. But he's equally obviously got this enormous following in America. And if Trump got climate change, then he could literally change the political climate around yeah. the issue uh, big time. What I mean, th there was a story this morning that he's thinking of standing again in, in 2024. Does he not stand very often? <laughs> yeah, at the moment. I think he's fully horizontal. Would he, and it's interesting because when you look at what the Republicans are doing, they're kind of eating themselves alive at the moment. I know all parties go through this. At the moment over here, we've got the Labour Party who can't get their act together. Uh, but over there, certainly they don't know what's happening. Would Trump adopting a more green approach be the answer? Because you can see some Republicans discombobulating. But those that sat on the fence might go, ah, Right, this is a new Trump now. So he would still bring those Republicans with him, but he might get those wavering voters too. Because, I mean, this is a guy that's still got 70 million votes, remember? Yeah, I know. It's madness. It's madness. Yeah, I have no idea what it might do to the outcome of the election, but I think what it would take away is a massive distraction from the science, from you know the settled nature of, of what it is that we need to do 
And, and yeah. it would take away something that so many people could point to and say, yes, but Donald Trump says this, that, or, or whatever. You know, it would just, um, it would kill the other half of the, uh, of the narrative, really. And, um, but then again, if it got him elected, that would be a bad thing. So maybe I'm just going to, you know, change my view on that. We'll watch with interest. Dale, mm. we'll, speak, <laughs> we'll speak next week. All right, and see you Have later. a good week. Uh, yeah. That's it for this one. Don't forget, of course, to follow this podcast from your podcast provider. That way you can get each new episode automatically. Do leave a review there as well. Really important that you follow Dale on social media, Twitter and Facebook, twitter.com slash Dale Vince, facebook.com slash Dale Vince, and you'll find Dale on LinkedIn too. Zero carbon. East off.